How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. We interrupt this program. We interrupt this program to bring you Vikings Ventline, the one show where you get to react to how the purple played right away. Right away. Call in now with your thoughts on the game. 651-646-8255. This is Vikings Ventline. First down and goal. Howard carries. And carries it into the end zone. What a start for Chicago. Cousins in trouble and just able to avoid the safety and a flag comes in cousins gets hit down he goes in the arms of hicks all right well that was uh that was an interesting football game i mean it's technically still not over yet still going we're at the two minute warning right now chicago bears leading the minnesota vikings 24 to 10 and if that score holds which it's pretty obvious that it will. The uh, Vikings will fall to 8-7-1 and one on the season, and thus their season will end. They will not be eligible for the playoffs as Philadelphia beat Washington 24-0 earlier. Uh, that game wrapped up about uh, about 20 minutes ago or so. So it's, uh, it's all over for the Vikings, it would appear. And this is Vikings Vent Line. I'm Manny Hill. Jonathan Harrison is producing. Ross Brendel also producing. Uh, we are streaming live on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Periscope, just about everywhere you can uh, find a live video stream. And, of course, we're streaming on 1500ESPN.com. Let's go to the phone lines right away. And my man, Randy in Oakland, Realistic Randy, what's going on, brother? Oh, Manny Hill. What's going on, man? Um... <laughs> you know what? The fir- That first... That first word you just said there, ugh, that says everything, my man. I, the crazy thing is, on my podcast, I, I didn't even want to give a prediction because I just said to myself, here are the reasons why the Vikings can win, but at the same time, it's the Vikings. And they're doing what the Vikings traditionally do on the big stage. They choke. They're frauds. They're a soft franchise. And what's crazy is, like, now, there are two people that I really want to go after in this. And this isn't some manufactured hot take. This is simply facts. First of all, Rick Spielman, you want to sit there. You knew that this offensive line has been a problem for years, for years under this dude as the general manager. We got Tom Compton and Mike Remmers having a competition to see just how many many penalties they can draw up for their inability to block. But that's what you decided. We need interior offensive linemen, particularly at guard. And you didn't want to address that at all. 
you wanted to put Mike Remmers from right tackle, in which we were actually okay at right tackle last year, but you want to take him and put him at guard, in which he's been a disaster? You serious right now? It's funny because they're probably going to cut Mike Remmers, and he's going to be a free agent. And when GMs across the league, they're going to look at at Mike Remmers and say, oh, you're terrible, you need to earn your way on the roster now. Rick Spielman has single-handedly sabotaged Mike Remmers' career. If he was at right tackle, he'd be fine. And instead of addressing the interior offensive lineman, you wanted to get cute again like you typically do and add more bells and whistles on the defense. Hey, we got Mike Hughes, everybody. Don't worry about it. We don't need an offensive line. Kirk Cousins is a statue of a quarterback, but we got Mike Hughes. It's all good. Oh, okay, that's great. And then not only that, if we had beaten Green Bay, we wouldn't be in this situation right now. But no, 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 no. You couldn't settle with Kai Forbath, who made that clutch kick in the playoffs last year after Mike Zimmer's defense forfeited, basically choked in the second half. I'm going to get to him in just a second. But you couldn't stick with Kai Forbath. You had to, oh, no, no, no. We need, we need Daniel Carlson, baby. And we ended up tying that game. If we had simply won a game, we wouldn't be in this position right now. And Mike Zimmer, how much butt-kissing, how much more butt-kissing is this dude going to get before he gets called out? This dude is a fraud head coach. He is a glorified defensive coordinator. On the big stage, his teams always choke. This dude is in his fifth season. He just finished his fifth season right now after this debacle against Chicago in which we're sitting here relying on the Rams to be up big or the Redskins to do our dirty work so that we can so that we can basically bump into the playoffs or back into the playoffs without even trying. That's pathetic. On the big stages, this dude's team completely fall apart. You have one playoff win in your coach, head coaching career thanks to Pat Shermer after your defense fell apart. And then you throw out a challenge? This dude throws out a challenge on fourth and one where we got the quarterback sneak first down conversion, and thankfully Dalvin Cook saved his ass, but we forfeited a timeout after that. This dude gets so much. I don't know what it is about this dude. We feel, oh, my God, Mike Zimmer, we can't look what we were before him. It's like we're sticking with this dude. It's like sticking with a bad spouse, knowing that, well, you have you seen my last girlfriends before that? They were terrible, so I got to stick with her. That's terrible, man. Both Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer need to be fired. Enough with the excuses. This team is soft, and they're not going to get nowhere with Rick Spielman sitting there playing, I don't know, playing House of Dolls or whatever the hell he's doing, not taking his job seriously because we saw this a mile away, Manny Hill. At the draft, in real time, I said, this is going to come back to bite us in the ass. How did all of us know this but the damn general manager? As long as we got Rob Brzezinski, I'm good. He's the real star. All we need is somebody to say, hey, I want this player. Do you make this work in the cap? Okay, fine. And Mike Zimmer, he's a glorified defensive coordinator. They both need to be fired. I'm sick of this crap, man. This, there's no excuse for that. Show up. You went to the NFC Championship game last year, and now y'all look like some soft, I don't know, some soft, I can't even say what I want to say because we're Please on the airwaves. They're soft. Fire them. Both of them. Enough. Realistic, Randy. Best call ever. By Realistic Randy, dropping it in on Vikings Vent Line right now. Brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pubs, by the way. Five, 20, uh, five Twin Cities locations. And find them online at luckys13pubs.com. Uh, find Realistic Randy's uh, YouTube video on our uh, 1500 ESPN uh, YouTube feed as well. Uh, he does one of those a week for us as well. So uh, great call there from from uh, Randy in Oakland, Realistic Randy. All right, Ben in Florida, you're on uh, Vikings Vent Line. What's up, Ben? Uh, I'm just glad the season's over. This is probably one of the most disappointing seasons I have ever seen watching this team, and I've been asked, I've been watching this team for 20-plus years. 
Let me just say this. Mike Zimmer, he has to quit ignoring the offense. He ignored the offense all year long, and it cost him, and it literally cost him a season. Until he stops ignoring the offense, he needs to expect seasons like this every single year. He cannot get a pass for that. He's a head coach. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say he needs to be fired, but there needs to be a ton of heat on this coach for this pathetic season that he has, that he has put together. He once again shows that he only cares about the defense and not the offense. There was, I'm not saying Mike Hughes was a bad pick, but there were guards available in the draft, and they chose not to do that. I believe Mike Zimmer had a say in that. If I'm the Vikings, I'm taking a good, I'm bringing in Mike Zimmer, and I'm saying, look, you need to change the way you coach. You need to change the way you, the way you run this team because you ignoring the offense is just not going to work. Kirk Cousins, he is what he is. He's going to be an $84 million flop. Maybe they, they might be able to make the playoffs sometime with him. Maybe they can't. They're not a Super Bowl contending team with him. But really, this, this directly falls all on the head coach. Once again, ignoring the offense. The years that he didn't ignore the offense, they actually had pretty good seasons. This, Mr. Zimmer, quit ignoring the offense. Go get an offensive coordinator. Get offensive personnel. You're a defensive coach. You can coach any guy in the blue, any guy, whoever you want, on defense. Quit ignoring the offense. Get yourself some offensive players. That's all I got to say. This is just a, this, this is just one of the most disappointing seasons in the last 20 plus years I can remember watching this team y'all have a good y'all have y'all have a good day i can't talk anymore i'm so angry bye thanks ben happy new year yeah i mean i listen we're just gonna fly through these calls because vikings fans are upset and quite frankly they should be i mean you you go out in the off season and you give kirk cousins 84 million dollars fully guaranteed and uh your season ends at eight seven and one and you don't make the playoffs i mean that that's not what they brought Kirk Cousins in for, and this is where they're at right now. Let's uh, keep the phone lines rolling here. 651-646-8255. Phone lines are full right now, but uh, they will open up as we go along here. Michael in Toledo, you're on Vikings yeah. Line. What's up? Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Outcoached and outplayed uh, two years in Rome, big game of the year. I think um, I was just listening to the last caller. I think Zimmer needs to get a D coordinator. He, if he's going to be the head coach, he just needs to overlook the whole thing. I think they get in these big games. He, he got totally outcoached, and I don't know if a D coordinator would help. Um, everyone's piling on Cousins here. I don't think it's Cousins' fault. you got no offensive line, which should have been addressed. You know, That's got to be looked at. For three years, this team has not had an offensive line. That's got to get fixed. Uh, other than that, yeah, they just—it's not all on Cousins. This this team laid an egg today, and in many ways they're out coached. Where was the defense? Zimmer's great defense two years in a row has got totally smoked. And I'll hang up now. All right, Michael. Thanks for the call. I mean, Zimmer has a defensive coordinator—the same defensive coordinator he's had since since he became the head coach in 2014, George Edwards. The thing of it is, is Mike Zimmer doesn't really let George Edwards call plays on defense, and that's been sort of a talker over the last few weeks is does Mike Zimmer need to let George Edwards handle a little bit more of the defensive play calling duties so that Mike can focus more on the entire roster over the course over the course of the game you know with the defense and the special teams and the offense I mean when you're a head coach that's kind of part of the deal I mean Bill Belichick it's I mean it's not fair to compare other coaches to Bill Belichick because he's probably the greatest coach ever but 
Bill Belichick was a defensive guy. He was hired as a great defensive-minded coach. That's been his expertise, but as the years have gone by with him with the Patriots and he's winning Super Bowls, he's been an overseer of the entire team, not just focusing completely on the defense. Uh, let's go to Jack in Edina. You're on Vikings Vent Line. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, I don't know. We turned the game off after the fourth and one, or whatever it was, fourth down in completion to Diggs, and we just kind of sat in silence for a good 15 minutes. We don't have really have any words to say. I, you know, I, I'm down in Florida for school right now in grad school, and I keep making excuses for this team. You know, Rams lost. Oh, we were looking ahead to that game. Or the Bills lost looking ahead to the Rams game on a short week. Oh, the Packers lost, you know, missed three field goals, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, roommates just keep giving me garbage about it because uh, it's like pushing a rock up the hill every year. We choke. I, I, we just have no words for it. It's ridiculous. And I come home and we cheer them on and blow chunks every single year. And I, the older I get, you know, the more I realize Minnesota, that's just the way we are as sports fans. We just get bad luck left and right. I think uh, a lot of focus on the O-line would be good. For Spielman this year, I don't think he's gone. I don't think Zimmer's gone, and Kirk's definitely not gone. I, a lot of hope, a lot of optimism for next year, next year, but definitely just pissed off beyond all belief right now. So I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. All right, Jack. Thanks for the call. Um, enjoy that weather down in Florida. Um, listen, I, I don't think Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are going to lose their jobs tomorrow on Black Monday, but I'll tell you what, they're going to go into next season, and I think both of their seats are going to be sizzling hot, and they should be. I mean, we're five years into this Mike Zimmer era, and they've only made the playoffs twice. So, I mean, that's I, – I don't know if that means that he should be fired. I know a lot of people are angry right now, and they think he should be fired, and, and Spielman should be fired and all that. I don't think they will be fired. But going into next year, their seats are going to be sizzling hot, man, and it's going to be time to deliver. And if they don't, then I think both guys – uh, definitely could be out of a job. Let's see who's been holding the longest here. CJ, what's up? You're on Vikings Vent Line. Hey, what's going on, Manny? What's going on, guys? What's up, man? Hey, uh, I just want to, first off, uh, realistic Randy. I mean, it's kind of hard to follow up with those calls. It's it's really good. It was fire, man. I love Randy, man. He's, <laughs> he's the best. He was spewing fire, that's for sure. Um, you know, uh, I've been a Vikings fan probably since about 94 uh, 94, 95, 96, somewhere around there. Yep. And, you know, the older I get, the more, um, I guess, attached to the games I get because I, I hate the feeling of getting your hopes up and then getting let down, you know, riding the waves. And, you know, even today I was texting with a friend of mine and, you know, he's saying, yeah, I feel good about today. I feel good about today. I was like, you know what? I always do too. But um, I'm just going to roll with it and see how it goes. And sure enough, you know, it didn't go our way again. Um, so what I do is I kind of watch it passively. Um, I know that I have zero control as a fan of what goes on. Uh, and maybe this is me kind of like starting to put one foot out the door because I'm, I, I just can't deal with the constant ups and downs. It's never ending with this team. They make one good move, they make three bad moves. Um, so I, I just I don't know if it's a GM. If you get a different GM here, okay, that's fine. Maybe that works for a year. If you get a different head coach, different coaching staff, yeah, maybe that works for two years. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I just don't know. 
I, I don't know what it is, but there's something around this franchise, and it's not for lack of trying because I think the coaches or the owners rather have put in over a billion dollars into this this franchise over the past couple of years, and I, you know they just can't deliver. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if we're cursed. I don't know if the Herschel Walker thing comes back into play or what, but it's it's something. I I can't get it, but. You know, at the end of the day, I sit back, I relax, I watch the game, take a cold one, and you know what? If they win, they win. Great. I have a good week. If they lose, I have a good week, too, because you know what? My expectations are really low. So just wanted to hear what you guys think about that. All right, CJ, thanks for the call. 651-646-8255. This is Vikings Vent Line brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pubs. Find them online at Lucky13Pubs.com. Vikings lose 24 to 10 to the Chicago Bears. Season ends at 8-7-1. Vikings are going home. Season is over. And the Philadelphia Eagles are headed to the playoffs to take on the Chicago Bears because the Seattle Seahawks uh, beat the Arizona Cardinals 27-24. So the matchups we have in the NFC for wildcard weekend next weekend, not that Vikings fans will, will care very much right now. But it uh, looks like the Dallas Cowboys will be hosting Seattle and Philadelphia will be headed to Soldier Field to take on the uh, Chicago Bears. Let's go to Sam in St. Paul. You're on Vikings Vent Line. What's up, Sam? Hey, guys. Um, I'm going to follow the trend here. I'm, man, I'm super pissed off right now. You should like, be. You should be. I don't blame you, man. You should be. Well, yeah, especially Week 17. Let it sink in that Mitch Trubisky came into our house and beat us to – Send us out of the playoffs here. Like, I just, man, it's just so frustrating. Um, you know, I'm with realistic Randy here. I think Mike Zimmer should go. Um, I would do anything. I If I was Ziggy Wolf, I would do anything I can to get uh, Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. Come here. Uh, that's all I have. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Sam. Thanks for the call. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh would be an interesting. Uh, that would be an interesting name. Um, I, it, I mean, I guess the Heat's kind of turning up on him in, in Michigan. Uh, the last couple of years, their season hasn't really ended the way they uh, they want to out there in Ann Arbor. But uh, I don't know that that would be that would be interesting. Harbaugh's had success in the NFL, obviously with San Francisco, but I don't know that would uh, that would be interesting. Don in Ohio, you're on Vikings Vent Line. What's up, Don? Oh, guys, it's, we saw this coming. It's not like we didn't see this coming, right? If, if you're a cynical Vikings fan, yeah, of course you did, Don. No, I'm a realistic. You know, we are, there's a saying we have in AA. It's called uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again, expecting different results. Mm-hmm. So why did everybody think that this Vikings team that's never beat a playoff team this year ever, or a team that had a winning record, why do we think that we are going to actually play well against one today? So we didn't, and we were going to. And we and it's it's just the same thing over and over again. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, and, and I guess my big thing is if there's any silver lining, guys, to this, any at all, it's that the 2014 Vikings under Zimmer didn't make the playoffs, but the 2015 won a division and they lost in the first round. 2016 Vikings didn't make the playoffs. 2017 though made it to the NFC Championship game. So, in theory. In theory, we should be going to the Super Bowl next year if this keeps going the way it's supposed to be going. But with that being said, I, I just I think you have to give Zimmer and Spielman one more year, and that's it. Because I think at this point, 
Zimmer has to let go of the offense. He can't keep thrusting, I need to run, we need to run, we need to run. run." Yeah, no duh, you got to run the ball. But there's time and places to run the offense correctly. Let your offensive creator run the offense the way it's supposed to. You know, and focus on the defense that gave up over 300 and some yards or whatever, 200 yards on the ground again at home and allowed a nine-minute drive that killed basically their season at that point. You know, focus on your defense, and after everything that's going to happen, we'll just have to see. So um, not, not really surprised, but uh, there's going to have to be some major changes coming up in the offseason. All right, Don, thanks for the call. Uh, we are streaming, of course, Vikings Ventline streaming on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope. Am I missing anything, Ross Brindle? No, that covers it. And <laughs> shocking, Manny Hill, the themes on Twitter, Facebook, Periscope, YouTube, very similar. Fire Spielman, Fire Zimmer, this offensive line is terrible. And there's been a few, I don't know, maybe is it okay to try and be a voice of reason or am I just going to get yelled at? No, go for it. The Bears hate's a little interesting. They did go 12-4, and four, right? And I know mm-hmm. a lot of that's defensively. Trubisky had some games. It's very disheartening. You know, at the beginning of the show, a couple callers mentioned this is just kind of what we've seen with the Mike Zimmer Vikings, right? Defense is always pretty good, sometimes historically good. Mm-hmm. But in big games, the Zim Reapers aren't necessarily the Zim yeah. Reapers. They don't show up like they typically do in some other games. And yeah, I mean, the quarterback didn't look comfortable for much of the year, especially the back half of the year. And was he ever going to be comfortable without an offensive line? Did you do enough to help him out? That's a lot of questions, I think, that probably start with the Wilfs, and then they start to trickle down, and we'll see where it goes. But certainly, chime in on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We'd love to. Love and to, Periscope. Yeah, and well, can, Periscope. Can you chime I, in on Periscope? I, well, no, possible? but you can see it. I, you can see it. Yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't leave that out. But chi- <laughs> chime in. We'll try and get to some of your comments. But yeah, the, the themes on the air, the exact same ones on the streams. And by the way, if you stream, you can see Manny Hill with that smile as he turns to the camera and then me <laughs> just in the corner, but nobody cares. <laughs> uh, let's go to Derek in Phoenix. Derek, you're on Vikings Vent Line. What's up? Oh, guys, I'm going to give you a little history lesson. So you're going to have to sit back for a little bit, get a pillow or whatever. Just listen. I, I, I'm just I'm almost out of doubt. Let me preface this by saying I have a 12-year-old son that was born and raised here in Phoenix that loves the Vikings because my father and I just are obsessed. Okay. I grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which basically there's nothing there but Vikings. So basically I was born into this. So I remember being a kid and then the Vikings would come out and do like things with for our high school. We had Hassan Jones, Buster Rhymes, Henry Thomas, all these guys come out and do all these things with us for high school field day, whatnot. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, so so what? My earliest mem- memory as a Vikings fan was Darren Nelson dropping that ball. I remember my dad throwing styrofoam bricks at the TV. It was hideous. I still remember it to this day. It was like eight or nine years old. And then we got Herschel Walker. I remember going to training camp in Mankato. He stepped on my freaking shoe. I still have the shoe that he stepped on. I have a Fleer 1990 card signed by Herschel Walker with a thumbprint in it. I looked at it and I was like, ooh, this is the best thing ever. I still have it. I'm giving it to my son, who, by the way, remember, I just told you, was born here. But he loves the Vikings because of me and my dad. Okay. So anyways, fast forward to this. All right, here we go. I moved to Phoenix. When I moved to Phoenix, first year I moved to Phoenix, that's 98. What happens in 98? 15-1. Can't make the Super Bowl because Gary Anderson can't make a field goal. All right, great. So anyways, my son has been into this losing thing, into this losing thing. He suffers through all last year. Oh, and before that, to even go into any more, he was at the game where Nate Poole caught the touchdown. 
Can you imagine? That's the first thing my son ever saw. Yeah. So he's been back to Minneapolis to see games. He's been through all this losing. And today he finally looked at me and goes, Dad, is it okay if I like another team? And I looked at him and <laughs> said, dude, do whatever you got to do, man. You cannot do this. You can't suffer through all this stuff. You can't go through the same things that I've gone through my whole entire life. This is terrible. Today was awful. Today just looked at, it made me realize that there's no getting better. Like, there's no getting better for at least the next two years because you have a quarterback that's scared. He's scared beyond belief. He's scared to make a play. He's scared to make anything happen. He's scared to just be make the team better. You've got two receivers that are elite talents, and guess what? they got to speak up. I wrote it on Twitter today. Speak up. Say what you want. Don't pussyfoot around the media. Say what you got to say. Obviously, something's wrong. Just say it. Stephon and Adam, you're the heartbeat of this offense. Say what you got to say. Something's wrong with this team. I'm stuck. My life, I'm purple. If you cut me open, I'm purple. It, it, is, it is who I am. 39 years old. My dad brought me into this. It's his fault. But guess what? My son's 12. He can be saved. He can be saved from this life of agony. Please, son. Please, son. Learn from me. You have a first-hand experience. Don't do what I've done. Please stop. I love you. Help me. Thank you. That's all I got to say. Awesome call, Derek and Phoenix. Fantastic. 651-646-8255. Ross, do you have a rebuttal? Well, the suggestion suggestion would be probably just to not choose the Cardinals. Right. <laughs> that, I think that's yeah. the first suggestion. Oh, Maybe man. it's just easier to cheer for the teams that win. You know, a lot of people like to do that with certain teams out east, right? Maybe that's just the easiest way for him to do it. But come on, this hurts, but it's fun. That's fun for us. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. Eric and Bismarck, you're on Vikings Vent Line. What's happening? Hey, fellas, if I had a quarter for every time I said, oh, shoot, there's always next year, I'd own the Vikings and I'd be firing Zimmer and Spielman tonight and I'd be cutting Remmers right away. I mean, I know we're vacillating back and forth on whether or not to keep these guys. Here's why I get rid of them. With Spielman, you know offensive line depth was an issue going into this season. You signed George Iloka with whatever cap space you had left and don't use him. And there's a guy like Jari Evans out there who could, God, tackling sled could play better than Mike Remmers. Tackling sled. And tackling sled probably cost like $500. Tackling sled would play better than Mike Remmers. And tackling sled would probably be about what you're getting out of Tom Compton right now. If, if you're Spielman, those are the weaknesses. You know it already. You have a chance to address it. Bye-bye. And if you're Zimmer and you don't give the defensive coordinator the ability to call the plays on the field and you can't get this offense moving, bye-bye. Guys, this isn't getting any better. We didn't see a glimmer. We didn't see a little spark where we say, Oh, I can see where there's potential next year. You're going to get the same bleep next year. You're going to. You are going to unless you make a change. Make a change. And we don't need to say, oh, shoot, there's always next year. I'll just follow this team so I don't get called bandwagon for criticizing them. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Kirk Cousins is great. Oh, shoot. That's all I've got. 
Bye. Thanks for the call, Eric. Appreciate it. Our callers have been great today. Mike in Burnsville, you're on Vikings Vent Line. Manny, I know you'll find this hard to believe, but Andrew, since I've been on hold, Andrew Wiggins has missed three 16-foot turnaround jump shots. <laughs> you know what? At first, I thought you might have been joking, Mike, but I know the Wolves are playing in Miami right now, so you're probably right. And I'll tell you what, there's some exceptional talent on the sidelines. Holy, look, the people that go to that game aren't ugly. Well, it's, it's South Beach. That's Yeah, that's, that's, so, that's true. Can you explain, I'm not even going to waste a breath of my words on the Vikings, but as far as the Bears go, can you tell me how they can't look ahead and say, why in God's name would we want to beat this horse crap franchise team that would be coming into our place for the playoffs with this putrid offense and beat them and now they got to face Philadelphia. You got to look at a big picture. He he could have got away with not playing his guys. He could have easily got away with that, and it would have been understood. And really, now you want to you're going to play Philadelphia when you could have played this horse crap franchise. I just uh, you didn't look ahead as far as I'm concerned. If you're Chicago, all right, Mike. Thanks for the call. I see. I kind of look at it the other way. And Ross, you can weigh in on this too if you'd like. I I think if you're the Bears, I think what the, I think they played it right to be honest with you because I think you want to go into the postseason playing as well as you can and feeling good about yourselves and I, and I think the Bears are, are I think the Bears have done that now I think they came in they dominated a divisional opponent that was trying to get into the playoffs they crushed the souls of that of of a divisional opponent they played very well today Mitch Trubisky the numbers aren't don't the numbers don't blow you away. But there were a few throws that he made, especially on that touchdown drive that extended it to twenty-one to ten. That were that was kind of the difference in the game, and he he made enough throws and enough plays that, quite frankly, Kirk Cousins couldn't make today at all. So I mean, I mean, I think if you're the Bears, even if you got the Eagles coming into town, you've got you're gonna have the home crowd behind you. You're gonna have the weather conditions behind you. You've got a great defense that's playing fantastic right now. I I think if you're the Bears, you're fine with the way you're going into, no matter who you're playing. Well, and if you're the Bears, you might be getting Nate Sudfeld instead of Nick yeah. Foles and not yeah. Carson Wentz. So that may have worked in your favor. Not that they knew that was going to happen, nor could they foresee that. It's easy as a fan, and we do it all the time, too, and I'm counting us as fans. It's easy to predict your opponent or pick your opponent, right? Mm-hmm. We want to play this team. We want to play this team. We match it better with this team. I look back no farther than last year's NFC title game. How many Vikings fans wanted, oh, let's go play Nick Foles, young quarterback yeah. against Mike yeah. Zimmer's vaunted defense. Oh, I want to go play Philly. I don't even think that that's much of a game. And then it's 38 a, to And seven. then 38-7. to seven, And then an offseason ensues, and you hire Flippy, and then you fire Flippy, who, by the way, that's another thing, Manny. I think Flippy, and I call him Flippy because that came up on this show a few weeks back, and <laughs> yes. Judd loved it. I think Filippo is a happy man today. Right, I, yeah. I think he probably feels for his players, but at the same time, I think he probably feels a little vindicated, and that's something that really hasn't come up. Do you have a fair opinion of Stefanski after three games? I'm not sure I do. Yeah. He played two teams that were checked out and one team that could have checked out, and to your point, chose not to today. But to get back to the original question, I'm just not a real believer in, in picking your opponent. The playoffs are weird. I'm not saying if the Vikings got in, they were going to win the Super Bowl, but... 
Eli Manning went on a run winning three road games. Joe Flacco went on an incredible run winning, I believe, two road games. When the Packers won their Super Bowl, they won three road games. You never know. If you're going to win games in the playoffs, you're going to play good teams. Just play who you play and win the game. Yeah, and I'm a big believer in just you want to be playing your best football when you go into the playoffs. And the Bears played well today. The defense was terrific, and uh, they're going to have a lot of momentum going in to the postseason next week against Philadelphia. All right. Phone lines are full, but uh, hang on until one opens up. 651-646-8255. Vikings Vent Line brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pubs. Warren in Maplewood. Sorry. What's up, Warren? Hey, you know, um, you got there's a lot of blame to go around because uh, the Vikings had, had players on the roster they didn't even use. You know, you got a guy like Armir Abdullah that's a very good at catching the wall of the backfield. The, the thing that w- that I noticed right away is that they don't the Vikings don't motion like if you watch most of the teams now and that are really successful they'll they'll use their running backs as weapons they'll use um, you know people so that they're not just standing still and uh, the line what what they really needed to do was spread the Bears linebackers and defense out and um, so you guys kind of touched on it somewhat that. You got basically on Vikings team. You have a defensive coordinator uh, running the team as far as running the defense. You you basically don't have a head coach covering all his bases. And uh, I'm wondering if in the future there's going to be no head coach in, on some teams and have offense and defensive coordinators making the decisions on flags for you know repeat uh, seeing if there was a you know, if the play was called wrong when, they, when they're on offense or defense. I think you could really do that in this NFL. But the, the Vikings were one of the only teams I've seen that were left in the play, you know, for the playoffs, that when they had injured players on their team, they kept them on the team, didn't play them. These other teams are picking up players, young players that are contributing um, off the waiver wire or on practice squads. They're, they're contributing to Chicago has the starting offensive lineman the Vikes had on the roster this year, and he contributed, played today, played well. And th- these are the things that they're not doing. When when you got players like Vivi and, and players that aren't playing, um, you basically have a roster spot that's not getting used anyway. They should, they could have put somebody on, on injured reserve that was out for m- numerous weeks and got some young guys in here to help when they're, 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 when their injuries show up and they're not using these players, don't you think that they did a bad job of utilizing the whole roster? And they had a Zilstra was leading the Canadian Football League in receptions when we had a couple receivers. Of our receivers have been injured a little bit, and they haven't been able to play up to their normal capabilities. But I'll just hang up and listen. All right, Warren. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, AJ in Minnesota. Somewhere in Minnesota. Where are you at, AJ? Walker, Minnesota. Thanks for Walker. taking my call. Gotcha. What's up, man? Hey, I just want to say I appreciate all what you do and everything you do for our uh, starving fan base. So, uh, first thing I want to say is talk me off the ledge, man. We, we have a good team. We have good people. I believe in them. I, I have my heart and my soul in, into everything that they're trying to do, but... They let me down, and I have my I pray for them. But what can we do? <laughs> What's next on the agenda, man? 
Well, that, well I mean, I, I get it, AJ. I get it. I mean, if you're a Vikings fan, you're really, really disappointed today, and you're really upset today, and you should be. Um, but, I mean, the, we had a caller earlier that said, you know, well, I don't want to hear about, you know, there's always next year. But that's, at the end of the day, that's all you can do. I mean, at this point, you can be upset, and you can be angry, and you can want – Zimmer and Spielman to be fired, and I think all of that stuff is is all fair, but it's like you can't really do anything about it except, you know, watch the playoffs without the Vikings in it if you choose. Watch the Super Bowl if you choose. And then you just go through the offseason, you see what they do in free agency and the draft, and you just start it all up again when training camp starts in the summer. You never know who's coming back next year, right? That'll That'll right. play out literally within the next months, right? You're going to draft players. You're going to sign some free agents. We'll see if any coaching staff comes and goes. But it, it starts with who's on the roster. It's who's here now, who's going to be here next year, their motivation. They're going to have mm-hmm. to use this as motivation because you know they're not happy, right? You could, of course not. You, you, could see it in the, you could see it in the first quarter, late, nah, late second quarter with Cousins and Thielen and Diggs basically uh, maybe not jawing at each other, but certainly having some... Disagreements. Yeah, some intense conversations. They're going to have to use this as motivation. It starts with the quarterback. It starts with everybody. The offensive line just has to be better. And I think the general manager, the head coach, I think pretty much everybody knows that. Will they choose to address it, though? One of our best callers, Linda in Wyoming. You're on Vikings Vent Line. Hey, Linda. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. I'm I'm probably the only one that's going to tell you I'm not disappointed they lost because I would be. Very embarrassed, I think, next week with the level of play if they had to go to Chicago and play this team again. So I certainly think the better team won in in Chicago. So my concern is this with Zimmer is Zimmer's old enough that Zimmer's old school. Zimmer isn't going to change. Zimmer still thinks that, you know, defense wins championships. Uh, The Packers are looking to talk to Pat Fitzgerald for their head coach. And, you know, we're going to get kind of left left in the lurch here if we continue with this whole same philosophy. And I know there's nobody can really say. I, I think Doogie said that uh, Zim and Spielman have one year left in your contract. Mm-hmm. So what you're looking at is you either extend them or you run them as a lame duck, and if you run them as a lame duck, I don't think you're going to attract many free agents that way. Um, I think Spillman's had his run. He has yet to come up with a quarterback that lasts for more about a year or two, and everyone he comes up with is going to be the savior. turns out to be more of just the, the, the no-show. Now, maybe Cousins will be a different different story, if he has a decent offensive line, but Spielman has ignored that offensive line. Um, I think he's he's been a bad choice at quarterback, panicked a few times. I think that Zim is a fantastic defensive coordinator. I don't believe he has the makings to change and be flexible to be a head coach uh, that way. And I think the play <laughs> where he threw the flag to challenge as they were, you know, I think he hit the panic mode because he thought they were going to get a delay a game. Oh, Linda was so awful. throws the flag. I think that yeah. sums up that sums up to me what Zim brings as a head coach. He isn't, you know, he panics 
that way because he's so involved with the defense and he's gone through too many offensive coordinators. And um, if they just do have one year left, I hope they don't extend him. I think the Wolves need to take a serious look. And if they go with a new general manager, maybe he needs to bring in another coach. So but I am happy they're not playing next week because I think it would be a big embarrassment. This team can play well on the artificial surface in the dome, but they stink when they play outdoors on grass. And uh, there's no other way to put it. So thanks, guys. I'll miss the Sunday calls. But uh, I appreciate you doing it. Bye, guys. We appreciate you calling, Linda. Linda in Wyoming, always one of our dedicated callers here in Vikings Vent Line. Uh, 1500 ESPN 651-646-8255 Vikings lose 24 to 10 Chicago Bears season's over at 8-7 and 1 Bears uh, of course obviously they clinched the division a couple of weeks back and they're on to play the Philadelphia Eagles who get the number 6 seed instead of the Vikings in the NFC wild card weekend uh next weekend Chad in Colorado you are on Vikings vent line what's up Chad Manny, hey, how you guys doing? Uh, Pretty know, good, man. Excellent. Well, not so good as the Vikings lost. You know, it's uh, our favorite team. But Manny and uh, Judd, who's not on, you know, you know, I wanted to say thanks for putting up the meal this year on Vent Line. And uh, also, hey, thanks for the flippy call out earlier in the Vent Line. You know, I, you know, I always promise I've not been token a bowl. But after the season, maybe I should have been here in Colorado. <laughs> you know, a couple couple points. You know, Zimmer's been aloof all season. You know, where's his passion been? You know, we finally saw some passion and leadership from Cousins in this game. But you know, I remember several games back, Cousins showed the team as they're as they're going through and they're rallying up for the can't remember I think it was the, the Packers game, and he was all yelling and screaming, and the team was around him, and they're all like, eh whatever, hey, let's go play the game. You know, Cousins really needs to show some leadership in the future, really out in the offseason. I really hope he understands that, you know, he has to show some passion. He has to be a leader of this team. He has to work together with the team. He can't be an individual. He needs to work together with Thielen and Diggs and Robinson and work, work with those guys to coordinate all of those routes through the offseason. It's going to improve the game next year. They can't put up with that. You know, off, off, off on the sideline, yelling and screaming at each other. You know, ten seconds. Oh well, ten seconds. Well, dude, you've been holding the ball for two or three seconds. Letting the defensive line get to you the whole game, dude. Doesn't matter. Ten seconds. You have been holding up three seconds and, and you're sacked. It's ridiculous. You've got to work on that that off season, cousins. I hope you're listening, man. You've got to work on that. But you know, the people that must go, you know. I called uh, after the mediocre Packer game in the October this year. You know, I said Flippy and Spielman must be gone. Flippy's gone for an office for her horrendous play calling. And at that time, Manny, you said Spielman would not probably be going. But after watching the rest, rest of the season, are you still under the belief that Spielman won't be gone? I find that really hard to believe. Again, guys, thank you for your time this year. Have a great holiday, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next season. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Chad, and Happy New Year. I, I still think, Ross, that Rick Spielman will be back and Mike Zimmer. I, I think they will both be back. But like I said before, I think going into next year, both of their hot, both of their seats are going to be really, really hot because we're five years into this thing. Now, if, they, if they're both gone tomorrow, or at least Zimmer's gone tomorrow, I won't be shocked. But I just have a hard time believing the Wilfs are going to pull the trigger on making a change right now. I think they're going to get one more year. But 
You go into year six and you've only made the playoffs twice in the first five years. Granted, an NFC title game appearance in there. I mean, their, their seat's going to be really hot if they're back next year. Since the Wolves have been here, and we got to be going on... 2005 yeah, is when they bought the team. Almost 15 years. Yeah. They've They've been incredibly patient. They really haven't pulled a plug until things have appeared to be incredibly off the tracks. Right. I'm not sure we're there now, but I also don't know how they value paying a guy $84 million over three years and not making the playoffs the year after you were in the NFC Championship game. So it would not surprise me. I don't think it's very likely. The one thing that I believe may happen, and it's on a lesser note, we may have a new special teams coach in town next year. That's mm-hmm. that's really about all that's on my radar, but it doesn't seem very surprising. It wouldn't be very surprising if that was to happen. Uh, Manny, again, I want to point out we're on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Twitter. You got them all. I, yeah, well, I would circle in and start calling out people's comments, but literally all the calls that we're getting, it's matching what you're seeing on social media. A lot of people disgruntled with the coach, disgruntled with the general manager, disgruntled with the quarterback. It's all the things you would expect, and that's okay. Get it out. Let the frustration out, and sadly, prepare for next year. 651-646-8255. You're listening to Vikings Vent Line on 1500 ESPN, which is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Nick in California, you've been holding for a while. Thanks for holding, Nick. What's up? Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, a lot of what I'm about to say has already been said, so I'll uh, give you a couple common themes I've noticed in the Vikings. I've been a, a Vikings fan since 1990 in the Wade Wilson days, and the one thing I've noticed since then is, number one, the failure of the organization to win big games, not just to not win the big game, but completely falling apart in big games as they did last season and as they did today. And also, this organization just doesn't know how to handle success, meaning that they can never follow a successful season with another one. You know, as evidenced by we make the NFC title game in 98, we barely slip in the playoffs the following year. Uh, We do the same in 2009. We miss the playoffs the next year, and then here we go again. It's the same narrative eight or nine years later. And, you know, that's why the the Kirk Cousins signing has to be the ultimate head-scratcher. Given this team's history, we go get a guy, and forget the $84 million, we go get a guy who has an absolutely abysmal track record against good teams, has not won a postseason game, and we market him or we tell the fans that this guy is a missing piece. Are you kidding me? So my question is, and I want your guys' honest opinion, should we have any faith in the Vikings front office to properly address the offense going forward? And if not, what changes need to be made? Thanks, guys. All right, Nick, thanks for the call. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a fair question. That I mean, if Rick Spielman is back, Ross, do you trust him because the track record is there of not never really addressing the offensive line early? I mean, he drafted Khalil, but Khalil was good as a rookie, but wasn't very good after that. I mean, the track record of Rick Spielman drafting offensive linemen has not been good. It's almost been, to a degree, it's almost been non-existent. And I don't know, I mean, I think it's a fair question to look at this whole thing and say, well, do you trust Rick Spielman if you bring him back to even make the necessary 
additions or adjustments to this offense that that need to be made. So we had this conversation. Honestly, it must have been the first quarter when this thing looked like it was already turning sideways. And Mm -hmm. we had a very similar conversation. And we had brought up linemen in the NFL draft. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but offensive linemen tend to be a very safe pick. There's not a ton of bust factor. So it almost seems, when I'm talking first round, Mm -hmm. it almost seems like that is definitely the way you should go, but also kind of seemed like that was definitely the way you should have went last year. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Do do we trust him? I think we'll find out in a couple days if we're going to have to. By and large, aside from offensive linemen, he's been okay in the draft. He's had some big misses. We've talked about this before. He's missed on two incredibly important positions, kickers and quarterbacks. (laughs) And he missed on a left tackle. And he he missed on a left tackle. By and large, he's been okay in the draft. Do I trust him? Oh, boy. I'm going to lean no, but we might have to. Yeah. Uh, Jesse in Vermont, you are on Vikings Vent Line, brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pubs. What's up, Jesse? Awesome. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You know, I, I was just going to make the point um, that I really look at the season and see one of the big busts about it is in, you know, Kirk Cousins' hands, really. I mean, I actually uh, give Zimmer a lot of credit for the way that he handled the DeFilippo uh, situation and whatever. I mean, he, you know, he, he seems like a hands-off style leadership, like don't micromanage his offensive coordinator or whatever. But when it wasn't getting done, I mean, he stepped in and he took control of that situation and tried to make the correction. I give Zimmer some credit for that. Um, but, you know, this Cousins thing has just been baffling all season long. And, you know, and, and I can kind of make the point this way. You know, one of the ways that I – one of the things I really loved about Case Keenum is he played with a lot of – humility and a lot of gratitude. I think everybody listening will probably remember the comment where he's like, I feel like somebody just gave me the keys to a really cool car. You know, he, you know, I mean, and so he was out there working and getting himself prepared and, and helping people shine around him and stuff. I mean, he showed real leadership quality. And when I see Kirk Cousins take the field, I see him not on the same page with his people. I see him not, sometimes he's not very accurate. He seems slower than the other players. He doesn't seem prepared. He seems confused. And if, 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 and if I'm right about my assessment of what I think I'm seeing, then the big question becomes, at what point, you know, does the Vikings leadership sit back? How long does it take for them to recognize that they made uh, a mistake in that decision and try and fix that? You know, and, and, and I do believe that uh, Kyle Floater offers us a little hope in the back there. I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to in see what he can do, but I, I – from what I can see, it looks like Kirk Cousins doesn't make the grade as like a good leadership style franchise quarterback. All right, Jesse, thanks for the call. I mean, yeah, I mean that that was kind of the thing with him in Washington, right? Like that's what people that that was those were kind of the rumblings that you heard out of Washington that you know Kirk doesn't have the leadership skills, and we heard kind of the sort of the 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 coded comments from. Some of his former teammates in Washington, when they talked about Alex Smith and how, how Alex, you know, Jay Gruden said some things where it's like, oh yeah, he's picking up the playbook and he's he's going by the book and he's been great, great leader, showing great leadership skills. And you hear some guys say like, well, yeah, that's something we haven't had in a while. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair to look at that now and say, yeah, I mean, we're kind of we kind of saw a little bit of that. We kind of get what 
they were talking about in Washington, and this may be why the Redskins were so willing to let Kirk Cousins go and trade, give up an asset for a quarterback that was four years older and give him a 90, what did Alex Smith get, $94 million for four years or something I'd like that? I'd have to look that up. Yeah. I mean, I think we're starting to get it. Now, at the end of the day, can the Vikings just cut bait with Kirk Cousins? Of course not. I mean, you've got, you got two more years guaranteed, fully guaranteed, so it's not going to be easy to just cut bait with him after one season. I think you got to go through the offseason to try and to try and 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 build an offensive line around him to to try and get him to be as successful as possible. Yeah, two very quick things, Manny, before we move on to the callers to expand on what you said. When Cousins was available as a free agent last year in the offseason, the one thing you heard, the common theme was and you hit on some of that, his teammates weren't necessarily lining up at ownership's door to keep him around right. and we talked about it off air. Well, you know, a certain player missed a block. Oh, a certain player quit running a route. Mm-hmm. And those are things where even if it's not your fault as the quarterback, guess what? You still got to own it. It's your fault. You own it and you say it's your fault. I don't know if that's ever going to change. And then the second point, what would the Vikings even do right now? Realistically, you got to ride this out for at least another year. If you're mm-hmm. going to cut bait and be done with it, you'd probably just eat the money in year three. I don't even think it's a realistic expectation to ponder doing anything different at this point you're committed you still have 56 million dollars that you got to pay the guy at this point two years at this point you're committed you got to retool and reload to the best of your ability and just hope the result next year is different that's that's really all you can do uh vikings vent line rolls on chancy and fargo one of our regular callers what's up chancy Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I missed a little bit of the show. You know, my kid got a new Thielen jersey for Christmas, and we watched the game, and all of a sudden we're having a lot of bedroom doors slamming and crying. And uh, he's only seven, by the way, just to clear that up. But future Vikings fan getting ready for uh, his lifetime of pain, probably. But let me lay it out to you like this. This is I was watching on social media, right, and this has kind of been a thing all Vikings season. Is it Kirk Cousins that he's not very good and he's just average? Or is it this just rotten offensive line? And if we only had a better offensive line, right? Every time you start ripping on Cousins, somebody brings up the line. And every time somebody brings up the line, people say, well, Cousins can't get rid of the ball. Well, let me paint a picture for you. If Spielman pulls his head out and he drafts the best guard available with his first-round pick and the Vikings sign the best free agent draft on, draft, guard on the board, does anybody have confidence this is a Super Bowl team next year? I don't, okay? They can fix this line. They can get in the playoffs as maybe they can win the NFC North. But I've seen enough with this quarterback to tell me I don't care if we have the Dallas Cowboys 1993 offensive line, all right? I don't trust the guy. He needs to prove it. People want to say he's a top 15 quarterback. We need to drop the top. He's not a top 15 quarterback. Maybe he's 10 to 20. I don't know. He's somewhere in there. He ain't top 50. He ain't top 10. So stop with the top 15 stuff. What ticks a Vikings fan off watching a game like this is that there's no accountability. They lost every big game they could all season long. Everyone, Seattle, Chicago, New, New England, Chicago again, you name them. Roll New them Orleans. Off the tongue. Everyone they lost. Every stinking game, right? But there's no accountability. So at the end, you've got to win an, win an end game against a team that really doesn't have that much to play for, as it turns out. You can't close the deal, and we're going to be sitting here talking about whose scalp we can get. Maybe Mike Remmers will be cut. You know, Zimmer, he's safe. Spielman, he's safe. Cousins, he's safe. 
We already fired the OC and watched the new guy have the most vanilla offense where we can't even get a first down in a quarter. So where is the accountability? We're going to cut Mike Remmers and Tom Compton and high-five each other and say, next year will be a heck of a lot better, guys. Now we got, got the problem out of here. What a joke that is. That is a complete joke. Now here's my question for you, Manny, and, he, and you tell this to Judd and Mackey when you get on the air on Monday if they're there. I, or What day is it? Oh, yeah, Monday's New Year's Eve. I don't know if they're working or not. but They anyway, won't be, but I'll, I can still pass along the message. Relay the question. Okay. Don't tell me what you think will happen with Spielman and Zimmer and Cousins, what you think the Wilfs will do. Tell me what you would do if you were Ziggy Wilf. Would you keep this crew around? And if not, which of these three guys are out of here, if not all three? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks for the call, Chancey. Great call. Passionate call. I mean, I think it... Listen, if it were me, Ross, I would not part ways with Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer yet. But I totally get why people want them both to be gone right now. I get it. I totally get it because you're, I'll keep saying it. You're five years into this partnership with Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer and Spielman's been the GM, I think technically since 2012, but he's been with the organization much longer than that. But you're five years into this partnership between these, this, this GM and this head coach, and you've only made the playoffs twice. It just, to me seems like the wrong time. Mm-hmm. You, you, you mentioned it already, Manny. The seats are hot, right? Yep. Go into next year, see the response, see what happens. If you need a clean house after a season, next year to me makes more sense. Do you really want to bring in a new general manager and a new head coach that didn't hitch their wagon to this quarterback? Right. I mean, I'll make a very quick comparison. Minnesota Wild. They hire a general manager. What does the owner say? I want to hire a general manager who only wants to tweak the roster. Right. Mm-hmm. It's already not jiving well, right? You can yeah. see you can see that on the ice. I don't know if you want that right now at this point with your quote unquote franchise quarterback at least under contract for two more years. I think you just got to get through next year and see how that season plays out, and you go from there. And you can't. The thing of it is, is you can't just fire Rick Spielman because the next GM that comes in may not want Mike Zimmer to be his head coach, and then you got to go through. You have to go through next year with Mike Zimmer anyway. So I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at, where I don't want, I want to give these guys another year just because to your point, it just doesn't seem like it would be the right time that would make, make the most sense. Jonathan? I wouldn't fire Zimmer right now because like we're going to talk about with all the head coaching vacancies that are coming up, who's out there that you want? Who's out there that's good that you think you can get that think you, that you think can lead you on to the next level that Zimmer hasn't taken you to? Who's out there? Who are you going to get? Mike McCarthy? (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Vikings fans. I'm kidding. Not Mike McCarthy. Are the Packers trying to dupe the Vikings into hiring Pat Fitzgerald? (laughs) Is is that possible? Remember, they kind kind of forced our hand with children all those years ago, right? Uh, Yeah. Are are they trying to usher all this support behind Pat Fitzgerald so the Vikings swoop in and take him, and then a year from now they're (laughs) 2-14? Oh, gosh. Let's go to Sue in Minneapolis. Thanks for holding, Sue. I know you've been holding a while. What's up? Hey, man. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Just got a couple uh, quickies for you. Uh, you know, uh, first, if there was a new heck of coaching change, I'd like to hear the name Bruce Arians come in. And sec- 
Secondly, uh, can we bring in like another quarterback, whether via draft or agency, to kind of light the fire on Kirk and just say like, if you stink it up the joint, we can bench you and play that other person. And thanks, I'll hang up and listen. All right, so thanks for the call. I'm not opposed, Ross, to drafting a quarterback in April or May or whenever the draft is going to be in 2019. But you can't. I don't want to use one of my first, one of my first three uh, picks in one of my first three rounds on a quarterback because there's just uh, there's just other needs that I think that are more important right now to try and that I think you need to bring in to try and help the quarterback that you have right now before you start even thinking about moving on to another quarterback by drafting. I mean, you don't want to draft a guy in the first or second round without addressing. And and then because we're doing the same thing again, right? We're just banging our head against the wall again. We're not addressing the offensive line. You're going to go into next year with the same issues that you had this year. Well, projecting forward, Manny, with those higher picks, who are you maybe replacing? Well, you might try and replace an offensive lineman or two. You might try and replace Anthony Barr, depending on what happens. Mm-hmm. You might try and replace Trey Waynes, depending on what happens. I, I think they're just kind of stuck. There's no better way to put it. Your your quarterback is who your quarterback is. Maybe you hit a home run on somebody in the fourth or fifth or sixth round, but I wouldn't spend a high pick on a quarterback Mm-mm. yet at this point. And if things go pear-shaped next year, you'll have that high pick for a quarterback. <laughs> That's true. Phil in Plymouth, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, appreciate the year of taking our calls. It really is uh, cathartic to be able to listen and also call in, so thank you. It's been fun talking to you guys, that's for sure. Yeah, so uh, for for weeks I've called in. I've tried to be pretty positive. I'm a very loyal Minnesota sports fan. I always will be. Uh, go Vikings for life. But um, I've kind of you know been mocking P.J. Fleck with the slogans, and I today I am done. I am sick of hope. I am through with all of it. So... Here's my run of Minnesota sports. Go Gophers. Sky Uma, row the boat. The only place that the Gophers row the boat is to the bottom half of the Big Ten. We are the definition of perpetual mediocrity and yearly get blasted by rivals Wisconsin and Iowa. Twins, this is how we baseball. If that's how you play baseball, I'm not going to watch, and no other fans will show up to Target Field to watch either. We're sick of it. Go Wild. Our ice. It's only our ice until round one of the playoffs when we're going to lose to whatever team we play in five games. It doesn't freaking matter who we play. We're losing in five games. You can write it down. <laughs> Go Wolves. All eyes north. The reason we point our eyes north is to avoid looking at this wretched product on the basketball court. For 30 years of the Timberwolves franchise, the only thing we've contended for is the most pathetic run franchise in sports. The Wolves somehow get franchises like the Browns and the Lions a run for their money in pure ineptitude. And then last but not least is our beloved Vikes. We are cursed. I agree. But the curse isn't that we're some pathetic franchise like the Lions or the Browns. We've won 20 division titles. We've made championship games. We've been in four Super Super Bowls. The curse is that we're regularly talented, regularly in the playoffs are close, and regularly fill our loyal fan base with hope. But after we're filled with hope, they end up leaving us in deep despair. That's the true Vikings curse. Hope. Cool, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Phil in Plymouth. That was awesome. Logan and Lake Phil, thanks for holding. What's up? Okay. I got a question, and I want you guys to tell me if I'm crazy. Should we trade for Blake Bortles and save $8 million a year the next two years? That's it. I'm going to hang up and listen. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Logan. 
uh, I want no parts of Blake Bortles in a purple uniform, even if it's for free. Can you imagine him with this offensive line? Oh, my we, God. We thought Cousins put the ball on the turf when he was pressured. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not a I, I, I hard pass. I want I'll leave it at that. no parts of Blake Bortles in a Vikings uniform I, if he's, ever. If he's the backup, maybe. Right. I, if he's the starter. I'm not even no. sure I want that, to be honest with you. If he's the starter, no thank you. Will and St. Paul, what's up? All right. Um, I think we need to keep Zimmer. Um, his winning percentage is 600. Uh, his record in, uh, during his first five seasons here is 47 and 31, along with the one tie, obviously. So he's had success. Um, I don't think you're going to get a better coach. Um, also, I mean, I, I think the fact that he kept this team in the race this year is kind of remarkable. Um, I mean, you, you, know, you had the, you know, the tragic death, you know, of, uh, Sperano right before training camp. Um, you know, you had your highly successful offensive coordinator leave and take a job somewhere else. Um, you had injuries. Um, you had Everson Griffin and his injury. Um, I mean, you just had all these things, you know, roadblocks. They still were, you know, a Carlson missed field goal away from making the playoffs. You know, I mean, don't forget that. If he makes one of those field goals at Green Bay, I'm pretty sure that would have put us over the Eagles and we'd be in the playoffs right now. Yeah, you're right. So remember that. Um, so I think you got to keep him. I think you also have to keep Spielman because I, I think firing the general manager but keeping the coach is kind of a bad position. It's kind of what the poll ads did a couple years ago with Paul Molitor when Salvi and Levine showed up. It was kind of obvious they were never Molitor fans and they didn't really want to keep him. So that's kind of, he's kind of a lame duck then. So I think you got to keep Spielman also. Um, I think the other thing the Vikings fans need to remember is you know, I've heard people say, oh, you know, I wish we had Keenum. I wish we had Keenum. Even if Keenum came back, there's no guarantee that his success would have been repeated. Because as I mentioned, you know, Shermer moved on. We don't, you know, we had, we had a new offensive coordinator. You know, so it's an entirely new system. So maybe Keenum is really good in the system from last year. There's no guarantee that he's going to be able to, you know, pick up the new system as well as he did the one last year. So I think people need to calm down yeah we played really bad today it's disappointing but you know we still ended up with a winning record barely um i think calm down we still have some pieces here um honestly i think our biggest concern is adam Thielen. he's really underpaid and he's probably not going to want to play football next year for five million as good as he is to me that's our biggest issue um signing Thielen to a better contract and making him happy but i think we need to calm down we have some pieces here. We need to, you know, work this off season, and I think we'll be better next year. All right. Well, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I, I will say this: if there is some optimism to go into next year, Ross, is that I do think, and we had a call earlier that that kind of addressed it. I, I think it was actually Randy in Oakland who who mentioned this that Rob Brzezinski has always been a wizard with not putting this team in a bad cap situation. So I think if if there's going to be moves that are going to be made, I think Rob Brzezinski will be able to figure it out financially. It's just going to be up to Rick, uh, Rick Spielman to go out and get the right players for Rob Brzezinski to, to basically work out contracts with. Yeah, and another thing to think about, Manny, is I don't want to use this word. I'm afraid I'll never be allowed back on the air, but there seems to be in the Vikings locker room, a decent culture. And what I mean by that is guys have taken pay cuts in the past to stay. 
Brian Robinson did it all those years ago. Mm-hmm. Latavius Murray did it recently to stick around this year. Other guys have done it. I think John Carlson had did, had done it too. It, it is possible that that's going to play a part in this. And it isn't all doom and gloom. When Dalvin Cook came back and he was healthy, if mm-hmm. he can stay healthy, he looked good. You have two of the best receivers in the NFL. If they're healthy next year, you still have a great at least very good to great secondary. It, it isn't all doom and gloom, and, and it's. I guess maybe we need that little positivity in that last call to not feel so bad after uh, getting spanked at home by the Bears, twenty-four to ten. Twenty-four the to final? ten. Yeah, yeah, twenty-four to ten. Don't worry about the culture thing. I think the only person that'd be upset with you is uh, Pat in Golden Valley. He's the only one. That'd Sorry, be mad. Pat. I think he'd be the only one mad at you for using the is, word culture. Is there a better word I could have used to describe <laughs> the, the, the locker room in the franchise? I think culture's fine. Tim in Chicago, you're on Vikings Vent Line with uh, Manny Hill, Ross Brendel, Jonathan Harrison. What's up, Tim? Hey, guys. Uh, my call is basically about the here and now. I think we need a leadership change. Okay, I'm calling in from Chicago, 53-year-old, uh, but grew up in Minnesota, been you know, through the, uh, the Met Stadium with the uh, you know, Bud Grant, et cetera. And there's no such thing as a curse. It's about the here and now. It's the business side of things. We have the facilities. Uh, as a longtime fan, we have the ownership. We have an owner that is in it to win it. Okay, again, we got the bank, we got TCO, we've got a great roster. Um, I think the only thing that we need uh, is a leadership change, uh, regardless of what people think of, of Kirk. Uh, he's our guy, we've paid the money. We're in with him for another two years because obviously the season's over. And, um, you know, love the guys, uh, Zim and Spielman, but I think uh, it's about the here and now. It's a business. It's not about a curse, et cetera. Uh, what do you think of that? All right, Tim, thanks for the call. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're the reality is you, you just have to go into next year if you're the Vikings and you have to, you just have to do this over again. You just have to try and you, you, your season's over. And the only thing the Vikings can do going forward is just try and continue, try and uh, I don't want to say build off of off of this year because this was a disappointing year. You don't want to build off of it, but the only thing you can do is just, you, you, you just have to hit the reset button and, and in terms of just this season being over and being on to the next one. I mentioned it earlier. You just have to use it as motivation. You yeah. know you're a good team. You're now, I guess, technically going to be a full year removed from playing in the NFC Championship game. You just missed the playoffs. You just you got to use disappointment as motivation. You just got to hope it works out and that you're better next year and you're not in the same situation. Dan in Farmington, uh, what is up? 3%. What's that? Dan, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing? Hey, pretty I think, good, uh, Zim, honest, thanks, guys. <laughs> I think Zimmer's a hell of a defensive coordinator, and I love him in that role. Not sure how you pay him enough to get him there, but we should do that. And could we get Mike McCarthy, do you think he's good or not, to be the old coordinator slash head coach? Together, they just crush. Plus, we still have another Packer, which is awesome. All right, Dan. Thanks. Thanks for the call. I don't know what that conversation was that Dan was having as we were putting him on the air there, but we certainly, uh, I certainly think, appreciate the call. I think congrats on the raise. Sounds <laughs> that's kind sounds of what it sounded like that like. happened. I just want to point out we'd steal another former Packer, not current Packer. That's that's true. Yeah. 
Uh, Jeremy weighs in on something uh, on the on the video on Facebook. Uh, I knew this loss to Buffalo. Uh, I knew the loss to Buffalo was going to haunt this team. I said it after they lost that game, Ross. I said this is one that might stick with them for the rest of the season. And sure enough, if they if you win that game, you're in the playoffs. So let's say you're in the anti-Zimmer group. You want a new head coach, right? This goes in your bucket. Almost every year there's a loss where after the game you kind of go, how did that happen? Yeah. Right? You get worked at home this year to Buffalo. Last year you don't know it at the time, but you end up losing home field advantage in the NFC because of the loss to Detroit. At home, yeah. You had the awful loss a few years ago to the Colts. Mm-hmm. And then don't forget, followed up by the defensive, the, everybody on the defense just not listening to anybody and doing whatever they wanted. At Lambeau. <laughs> at La- at Miscommunication, Lambeau. as yeah. Xavier Rhodes yep. called it. Yeah, yep. Miscommunication, a.k.a. we know the plays, we're just not going to run them, right? And that's yeah. something that each and every year, that that is coaching. When you have a game like that, the players still have to play, but the coaches have to get them ready to play those games. All right, we're going an hour. We've been going, we've gone an hour strong here, commercial free here on Vikings Vent Line. Manny Hill, Ross Brendel, Jonathan Harrison producing as uh, the Vikings season is over after losing to the Chicago Bears twenty four to ten, finishing at eight seven and one on the season. John in Oakdale, thanks for holding. What's up, John? Hey, um, I know it's going to be the unpopular opinion, but we're close. We really are. I mean the the only problem I seen today was. Rudolph was not set up as a blocker as much as he should have been. Would have helped us a lot out in a few of those plays. But um, the people that we have were really close. Uh, maybe work on the offensive line, and I'm one of the guys that has been saying for seven years, get rid of Spillman, but we need consistency. So we're close. I mean, if we just get our stuff figured out, then I could easily see us being a 10 and 16 next year. What do you guys think? All right, John, thanks for the call. I mean, I, I, Ross, you hit on it already. There, there is talent here. You have pieces here. You have two of the best wide receivers in football. You have a really good young running back. You have really good players on defense. Now there's going to probably going to be some new faces and, because of the cap situation, I mean, Rob Brzezinski, I mentioned it before, he's going to have to get kind of creative because because you need to address the offensive line. You're probably going to have to sacrifice some key players on your defense, but I think there's enough depth on the defensive side to where you can, you know, if you have to part ways with Everson Griffin, that you know, and Everson is, he's a fan favorite, and he's been a tremendous leader for this defense for a number of years. But he, you know, when he came back from his situation, he didn't play that well, and he's going to have a pretty hefty cap number going into next year. So he might have to be a guy that that you have to that you have to part ways with if you want to address the offensive line the way that you should next year. One name we haven't mentioned, Manny, enough: Sheldon Richardson. Yeah. How do the Vikings value him? Do they want him back? If they do. What's the number that they want him back at? He was really good this year. If they want him back, does that mean Anthony Barr's not back? If Anthony Barr's back, does that not mean Sheldon Richardson's back? How does that affect Trey Waynes? Is he back? There's health concerns there. You might factor that in with maybe they just like the depth at cornerback. Holton Hill, I think he far exceeded expectations. And the Vikings, in their defense, kind of told us that they thought he was. That's why he made the roster. Mackenzie Alexander, much better this year than he has been 
in the past. You're going to have Mike Hughes yep. back. Hughes looked year. like a solid player until he got injured. So, yeah, a lot of questions and a lot of questions to still be worked out. But there is still positivity. It, it isn't all doom and gloom. Today it feels like there's a lot because you missed mm-hmm. the playoffs and it's heartbreaking and you had a chance to win and in. Today was essentially a playoff game. It won't go as a playoff game for Mike Zimmer, but in my mind it kind of, it kind of is. And it goes back to something we've talked about off air, Manny. Mike Zimmer, one playoff win. Kind of lucked into it, mm-hmm. right? Kind of yeah. lucked into it. Yeah, he get he gets yeah. credit for winning it, but I mean, there were uh, some forces that maybe brought that game together. If Marcus Williams maybe just tackles Stephon Diggs, it, yeah, maybe, right? Maybe who who knows? But it, it's incredibly interesting times, and to a degree, Manny. At least you get to talk about them for a living. You're not the Wilfs and Rick Spielman who has to now go digest this and more than likely pick up the pieces and and see how to move forward. All right, let's take one more call before we uh, take a break here. CJ in Maple Grove. What's up, CJ? Hey, guys. Uh, appreciate you letting the fans uh, really have their word here. Definitely. I, I'm, I'm listening to this, and, and part of the reason, a big part of the reason, I think, why the Vikings are having trouble long-term in the big picture is the fans have such a low bar for this team. I'm listening to these people say, you know, build on this team, and this team can be 10-6. and six. It's a joke. It's a joke, and fan bases in real markets would not put up with this. You know, Rick Spielman has had 11 first-round draft picks since he took over for this team. Two of those guys have been players, Anthony Barr and Xavier Rhodes. Nine first-round picks are really not players. And, you know, and, and people defend him like, you know, what a great job because the bar is set so low. You look at this offensive line, and I told people, and I think anybody with an intelligent football cue, you look at this offensive line that they came into this season with and with a statue of a quarterback where he pays $84 million for three years, there's so much wrong with this. First of all, the offensive line was an embarrassment. And people talk about, well, what about last year? Well, last year you had Joe Berger, who was a very good offensive lineman. Nick Easton was a good guard. You had a couple pieces there. They lost those pieces. This is a – the Bears had their second-string defense in at the end of that game, and they were destroying our offensive line. This was not an NFL offensive line. This team never had a chance. And Rick Spielman, you know, his track record to me is beyond poor. And, the re, and, and for this fan base and, and even the media, not questioning and not calling Rick Spielman out blows my mind. And I don't think – he would be successful in other markets. I don't think they would put up with it. But Viking fan base is like, well, you know, if we could just put a couple pieces together on the offensive line, we can go okay, we can go 10-6. and six. That's setting the bar so low. And you look at the job that Ryan Pace has done with the Bears in two or three years as the GM, that's building a football team. That's evaluating talent. You know, Nick Saban has said on record, and you can Google this, that, that Rick Spielman is one of the worst talent evaluators he's ever been around from his days in Miami. He's a poor talent evaluator, a poor vision maker, and and if you know any job, if you do this poor and you have this kind of mistake, and you look at his track record with quarterbacks, it's atrocious. Anybody would stand on the desk of the management and say, "We demand change, and we demand that this this fan base deserves better than this." And it just blows my mind that the fans are just like, "Oh, well, we'll try to build on this year." They should be irate. They should be, they should be protesting the the results of this. And I I just think Rick Spielman has to go. I think I think he's a 
Slick Rick is a good representative of the Wilfs, but he doesn't know anything about evaluating football. I think the Wilfs should clean house. They should call Parcells and say, hey, will you come in here for 15 minutes and help us hire a football guy to start this thing and run this thing right? And I think it's a joke, and it blows me away that the fan base and the media aren't on Rick Spillman's butt more. All right, CJ, thanks for the call. Uh, well, I know we got we got a break here because we've been going – an hour straight here over an hour straight. Um, all I know is all I, I, I can only speak for this station, Ross, that I've been working for, for the last six years. We've been calling out Rick Spielman all season long. I know that I have on the air. I know Matthew Collar has on the air. I know that judge Zolgad has on the air. We've been calling Rick Spielman out for not drafting an offensive lineman basically all season long. So, I, I mean, I can only speak for us here at 1500 ESPN. So, Mul- I mean, we've, we've been calling him out. Multiple times, just to defend you, I heard you go with your take. Not only did you draft a kicker when you probably could have just kept the one that you had, you moved up to take a kicker. Yeah, in the fifth round. When you probably could have got another offensive lineman for depth. So, yeah, I'll, I'll back you up on that one. Not that you need it, but there you go. Yeah, and and... And listen, and I will while I will call out Rick Spielman, I will also defend him a little bit. He's he hasn't it his first round track record hasn't been a complete disaster. Now he's he's whiffed on two major positions, probably the two most important positions, which he should be called out for. He whiffed on the left tackle, he whiffed on a quarterback, and and you know, and that was early in his GM tenure. But, you know, you look at Xavier Rhodes, first round pick. Anthony Barr, first-round pick. Teddy Bridgewater, before the tragic knee injury, looked like he was headed in the right direction. Trey Waynes, pretty good player. Mackenzie Alexander. Well, Mackenzie was a no, second-round pick. I know, pick, but, just, but la- just later sure. in the draft, I'm calling out names. And Mike Hughes, I mean, the jury is out yet. We don't know. He looked like there, he was showing signs before he got hurt this year. So, And I one I didn't even mention. Oh, one of the best safeties in the NFL, Harrison Smith, was a first-round pick in 2012. So I think with Rick Spielman, I think it's more so of a mixed bag than I think it is a bad job versus a good job. I think he's done fairly well in terms of defensive players, certainly. I think offensively, I think he's left a bit to be desired, especially with like quarterback. He missed on Christian Ponder, obviously. Matt Khalil, after the first year, looked like it was a good pick, and then it just kind of fell apart after that. But, yeah, I I think with Rick Spielman, I think the best way to look at Rick Spielman is just a a mixed bag overall in his drafting. So uh, with that, we'll take our first break, and uh, I will tell you right now about our friends at Lucky's 13 Pubs, and they are a sponsor of Vikings Vent Line, and they are the best spot in the Twin Cities to catch a game as, uh, well, the Vikings were making a push for the playoffs, but that's over now. Uh, the Lucky's has uh, tons of TVs. They've got the legendary appetizers, amazing fresh half-pound burgers, the handcrafted sandwiches. They've got a wide variety of uh, pub favorites. The drink menu is fantastic. They've got a huge selection of tap beer, handcrafted cocktails, the best Bloody Marys in town. You can try the Bacon Bloody, the Jalapeno Bloody, the Mother Mary, or if you want to try them all, you can go ahead and grab a flight. Uh, Lucky celebrates Sunday Fun Day, which is happy hour all day long on Sunday, every Sunday. Uh, and uh, if you have people in your life, you know what? We got 
New Year's Eve coming up tomorrow. New Year's uh, big New Year's celebration. Uh, you can head on to, to Lucky's. They got celebra- they got uh, decorations. I should say uh, all over the place. Usually depending on what the holiday season is. Five Twin Cities locations: Bloomington, Burnsville, Mendota, Plymouth, and Roseville. And uh, if you're having people over for a party, you can call ahead to Lucky's and order some of those fantastic apps, and they'll be ready for you to uh, pick them up when you get there. Find them online, luckys13pub.com, luckys13pub.com. More Vikings vent line. we got full phone lines. Much more to come after this. The show solely devoted to your reaction on the game. Vikings vent line now continues. Cousins in trouble and just able to avoid the safety, and a flag comes in. Cousins gets hit, down he goes, in the arms of Hicks. Second and goal, Cohen carries and takes it in. Touchdown, Chicago. Yeah, not really a whole lot of Vikings highlights in that package there. As uh, you heard Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call for Fox today as the Vikings fall to the Chicago Bears 24-10 at U.S. Bank Stadium, ending the Vikings season at 8-7-1, Vikings Eliminated from playoff contention as the Eagles uh, took care of business against Washington today and shut them out 24 to nothing. And so uh, the Vikings are going to have to watch the playoffs from home as uh, Philadelphia and Seattle and all those other teams are moving on uh, into the postseason. I'm Manny Hill. Vikings Vent Line is uh, brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pubs, five Twin Cities locations online at luckys13pub.com. Ross Brendel's here hanging out. Doing some uh, producing behind the scenes, and Jonathan Harrison taking your calls and producing as well. And uh, we're here just uh, recapping the Vikings' loss, season-ending loss to the Chicago Bears. Back to the phone lines we go. It's Brian in Maple Grove. Brian, you're on Vikings Vent Line. What's happening? Hey, Manny. Uh, love the addition of you and Judd together. Um, you know, he's I'm his bartender from Bunny, so. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so you might anyway, see Judd. You might see Judd tonight. Who knows? He's uh, he's no, Judd, Judd no, was I'm, at the I'm, game. Judd was at U.S. Bank Stadium today, and he's probably doing some uh, post game. No, I, 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 I was but. I was I was texting him. It was not a, it was not pretty. But um, <laughs> first of all, the officiating is just this year. You know, Bernie Kukar came in to the bar, and I said, "Are you going to come out of retirement?" And he's like, "Cripes, I should because the officiating this year is just horrible." Um. But secondly, if our offensive line is not that strong, why are we not doing rollouts, like they said, to go away from Mac or go towards Mac, you know, to give Cousins time? And the other, I just, I don't understand that, you know, because Cousins just look like a lost dog back there. But, and then why is, why is Zimmer not doing the A-gap blitzes or B-gap blitzes that he does so many times with other teams, especially against a quarterback that is not good. He is he is a substandard NFL quarterback in my mind. Yes, he was a first round draft pick, but I I didn't under, I didn't see the blitzes. I didn't see the pressure. I didn't see you know. And he, he only had 135 yards passing, but I mean 42 of it was on you know one play. So I just I don't understand that you know. So, I mean, there's just so many frustrations that we make the Chicago quarterback look good when he's not good, and they're a substandard team that just gets by with what they have. So, I'm confused. I'm, 
it's just knew this was going to happen. <laughs> All right, Brian. Your thoughts? Yeah, thanks for the call, Brian. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I get the idea of just sort of looking at this game and just saying, like, what the hell? I mean, why, why, you know? At some point, especially you look at Kirk Cousins and you say, "This is why the Vikings gave you eighty-four million dollars." to come in and win a game like this. Now, the season hasn't gone exactly the way you want it, but we signed you for an $84 million fully guaranteed contract for you to, to, if we're in a situation like today, that you can make enough plays to help us win the football game. And he just didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't give them anything today. And you credit the Bears defense, which has been phenomenal all year, but Kirk Cousins, he just gave them nothing today. He gave them nothing, and they didn't really have much of a chance to win today because, I don't know, they, they, for whatever reason, this guy just can't seem to perform when they need him to on the big stage. I mean, today was a big stage. It wasn't a primetime game, but it was a win and, win and get in. It was a must-win game, and he just, he just didn't get it done. The early returns, Manny, aren't good, and we've talked yeah. about this before. We've talked about it today. But here you can't on, cut them here loose. Here on Ventline, no, you can't cut them loose. No. There are really... No other options. And think about this, Manny. I'm not going to try and put salt in the open wound, but I'm, I'm going to, right? The best win of the year for the Vikings may have been against the team that eliminated them from the playoffs today, right? Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. And that was, that seems like forever ago. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's probably the best win. The Dolphins, maybe at the time because they had a winning record. But it's like we see that that yeah, team is yeah, pretty much yeah. checked they, out for they, the rest of the they year. They mailed and, it in the first chance they had. Yeah. Uh, so think about that. And his 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 record now against teams with winning records five and twenty five, five and twenty six. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not good. Not good. A uh, couple of coaching firings, uh, Jonathan. We had Dirk Cutter is out at in Tampa Bay, yep. and then what was the other one? Uh, Todd Bowles out. Todd in New Bowles York. out in New York. Okay, so two two coaching firings already. Not really surprising at all, those two guys uh, being out as they both finished with uh, pretty poor records this year. All right. We have a caller on the line right now who is a guy that I worked with for three years at this radio station, Pat in Golden Valley. How are you, sir? I'm good. I was at my first Viking game in the new stadium today, and I was at the clunker. You you went to the Taj Mazigi, and it was on a day that they were eliminated from the playoffs. I was there, and... uh, let me just correct the previous caller who suggested this was a very uh, substandard Bears team. What in the hell is he talking about? That is a massive front seven right yeah. there. That is a hell of a defense, and uh, they make it. They're so good that they make it easier on a, a kind of a mediocre back uh, four, which of course did not have their best player today, Eddie Jackson. And I also thought Trubisky looked a lot better than when I saw him earlier in the year. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, he handled the noise great. They didn't really have any problems with the noise. He got up there and ran his plays. He did no false starts, no anything like that. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, he didn't throw for a lot of yards, but he didn't have to. And, uh, you know, I, I thought he was pretty good today. I was, that's the most impressed I've been with him because uh, he, didn't, he didn't make any really goofy throws or anything like that. So yeah, I, I, mean, thought, that, I thought that I gave the Bears a whole boatload of credit of coming in here and saying we're going to win this game. We have no reason to, but we're going to come in and win this game. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Pat, I look at the – after the Vikings went down and scored that touchdown to make it 13-10, to 10, 
And you look, and you know, the the drive by the Bears was aided by J. Ron Curse getting called for that stupid holding penalty and that yes. kept the drive going. But you watched Trubisky on that drive, and again, the numbers weren't great, but he made some throws. He made the throws that he needed to make third to keep down, that drive. Yeah, third, third down. Third down throws, and nine and a half minutes, right? Wasn't yeah. it nine minutes? Uh, yeah. You know, whatever. 16 plays, nine minutes. That, that won the game right there. Now, I want to ask you one question, though. Yes, sir. I love Matt Nagy. I think he's done wonderful. But they got they can hand the ball off and get to the two minute warning, right? Mm-hmm. But throwing the ball down the, down the right sideline for to give. I know he had the game won, but do you want to give the other team even a sliver of hope after you saw the Stefan Diggs play in there last year? I mean, what that was beyond stupid. I couldn't believe that. Well, you know, you know how offensive coaches are, though, Pat. They always get a little bit greedy, even when they, yeah. even when you know the conventional wisdom is to just run the ball, run that clock down. They always think, "Why, well, yeah, we can hit one more play. We can hit one more play." They always seem to have the offensive coaches are always like that. Well, the only comparable to this is uh, to me as far as Viking flops is nineteen seventy two. Uh, you fellas might not have been around. Nope. But uh, they were, I think, 11-3 and three the previous year, and the quarterbacks were terrible. And they went got Tarkington, and they went 7-7. Seven and seven. And then, of course, uh, they went to three Super Bowls in the next four years. Uh, I don't think we could put Tarkington and Kirk Cousins in the same sentence. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, that, this, is, this is a flop of uh, tremendous uh, magnitude this season. It's, uh, it's incredible. Would you? Uh, I know you love your guy Zim, but uh, what, what what do you think? I mean, you bring him back next year, uh, bring them both well, back, yeah, him and Spielman. Yeah, think, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I I think you probably do, but I I mean, how do you complain about what Spielman did? They went out and got the best quarterback on the free agent market. Now he turned out that he wasn't worth what we what they paid him. Went out and got uh, Sheldon Richardson, you know, went out and brought in two or three other guys. I mean, now I suppose we can get out of him about the offensive line. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing. I think they should have gotten Nick Easton out there with a cast on and tried to play him at uh, right, left guard instead of, I mean, that guard instead of poor Tom Thompson. Jeez. Yeah. Even in the fourth quarter when the Bears had their backup defensive lineman in there, it was a sprint to the quarterback. So I thought it was a most horrible uh, game that the offensive line's had all, all year. I, I thought they were just terrible. Yeah, I mean, you just look at it, Pat. I mean, the, you got Tom Compton starting at left guard all year for you. I mean, he's a backup yeah. guard at best, and he's your yes. full-time starting left guard. And then you got Mike Remmers, who's not a guard at all. He's a right tackle, and you got him playing right guard for you. I mean, Pat Elfline had the injury early in the season, but he just hasn't yeah, really looked like he, he did the, last year. I don't think he was the same, do you? No, it didn't look like he was the same at all. And then you got Brian O'Neill, who actually, when you consider him being a project tackle, actually looked okay at times. But you know, going mm-hmm. up against this defense, he's not going to—he's not really going to give you anything. So that's kind of the situation that we're in. Deep in his heart, when Kurt goes to sleep tonight, he's going to say. Thank God I didn't have to go play these guys in Soldier Field where it's 12 degrees and the wind's blowing 20 miles an hour. I, I would have left on a slab. Uh, they, they would have murdered him. Would have been would have been Archie Manning in 84 all over again. That would have been pretty what scary. Do you, what do you think, guys, though? He does have that 
what what would you call it? A, a half second pause before he decides what he wants to yeah. do. With the, he's just a little. It's it's just not. I, I it's not like he's completely indecisive, but there is that little pause that uh, when you're playing a defensive line like this, uh, all of a sudden you can't you can't make a play. Yeah, it, you it, know. It, I know Mackey's made the comparison of it's just like a computer that the computer that hits the blue screen for a half a second that yeah, just has that yeah, delay. Like he yeah. just he he doesn't he 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 he'll make the right throw, but he doesn't make it at the exact time he should make it, or he doesn't you know step up in the pocket exactly when he should have. It's always like a half a second late, and that makes all the world of difference in this game. I think he's processing because he doesn't want to make the he doesn't want to make the mistakes, you know, but he doesn't want to make the bad throw, uh, so he doesn't let her go, and then he still makes bad throws. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes he's behind the receivers, too, but uh, he was, uh, you know what? Here's the other thing. In this town, and you saw it with Phil Pepper, when they turn on you as a quarterback in this town, it is hard to get them back on your side, and uh, yeah. they, I think the big turn came today. They booed him. They, most of the boos were directed at him, in my opinion, having been there. Most of the boos were directed at him, more so than the offense in general. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, next year, I mean, you're going to bring him back next year, obviously, and, I mean, there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of question marks, and uh, he's going to have to, he's going to have to step it up. He's going to have to be better, man. Plain and simple. You saw my, uh, you saw my tweet, didn't you, that uh, John D. Filippo just poured himself a Vodka the size of Judd's head. <laughs> I'm Recalling sure he did. the great chili quote from way back. Yeah. Oh anyway. gosh! All right, sir. All right, but I think the Bears are pretty good. I don't think we could be calling. I don't think we could have callers uh, who uh, are completely uh, unrealistic and call in and say they're a substandard team that the Vikings should have handled easily. The only reason we thought the Vikings were going to handle them is we didn't think the Bears would give a damn, but they did. Yeah, they did, and you know what? They they played well today, and you go into next week with momentum, and they win next week, and who knows? I mean, the Rams, the Rams better be careful because this uh, this team is this defense is serious business. Hey, so. did Seattle uh, finally win that game? They, they did, yeah, twenty seven twenty four. So Seattle will be the five, and uh, so Philadelphia is going to. Uh, yeah. So. Well, good luck, Nick Foles. All yeah. right, all right, all right, Jets. All right. Pat in Golden Valley, Pat Roycey, our good friend here at 1500 ESPN. All right, we've got some people that have been holding for quite a while. Vikings Vent Line, we're going on almost an hour and a half of uh, taking your calls and breaking down the Vikings' uh, season-ending loss to the Bears. We'll fly through these calls pretty quickly here. Parker in Chicago, thanks for holding. What's up? Hey, what up, guys? Lifelong uh, Vikings fan here in Chicago. I just want to start with Mike Zimmer. I mean, it's just a disgrace. He's talked about as a defensive guru. You go back to the NFC Championship game, 38-7 to Nick Foles, 38-7. One win away from the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Disgraceful. Bill's game against Josh Allen, terrible. Rams game, the same way. Zim's got to go. Today was no different. Rick Spielman, are you kidding me? Five years, he's had a terrible offensive line. He's given out otherworldly contracts to Riley Reed, Mike Remmers. Those guys are terrible. We all know that. And Kirk Cousins, I don't agree with the criticism. 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 4,000 yards. We just need a line to protect them. And that's all I got to say. All right, Parker, thanks for the call. I don't know if I agree with Riley Reef being a terrible player. I don't think he's a great left tackle, but he was pretty good last year. I think he's been not quite as good this year, 
battled some injuries this season. I don't think he's the worst left tackle in the world. I think you're okay there. I think with Riley Reef, you're going to have, I think Riley Reef is just one of those guys that on most weeks, he's going to be okay and he's going to handle his own. Against defenses like you saw today, you're going to have to just give him some help. I mean, that's just, he's just not a guy you're going to be able to leave out there against a Khalil Mack type of type of player. Riley Reef and Mike Remmers, they're kind of the epitome of what free agency is, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason why those guys, for the most part, there's a reason why the teams that have them are letting them go. And they were higher-end offensive line free agents at that point. Mm-hmm. They weren't the best, but they were pretty close to the top. And a year or two later, this is kind of what you get, right? We've seen the results of that. Free agency is a scary thing. It, it's, it puts more of an importance on the draft in getting those picks right. And as you've talked about, Manny, Zimmer's been a little sketchy on some of, or excuse me, Spielman's been a little sketchy. He's been good on most, but sketchy on some of the important ones. Uh, Stoneman in Ohio, what's up? He's the worst left tackle in the world. I think you're is this Stoneman in Ohio? Yep, you're on. You need to turn your radio down, buddy. No, I'm sorry, Manny. No worries. Hey, Happy New Year to you, my man. Happy New Year, my friend. What's up? Gosh, what is what a disappointment. Um, but, you know, let's move on. Um, all right. What a struggle on me. We're not going to get much with Kirk Cousins. Stoneman, I'm going to put you on. Well, I just accidentally dropped him. I didn't mean to do that. I was trying to put him on hold, but he just he wouldn't turn on. He wouldn't turn down his radio. He just left his radio on. I was hearing myself and hearing Ross in the background. So it's just you got to turn down your radio when you call into a radio show, folks. Uh, Moose in St. Paul, what's going on? What's going on, my man? What's happening? Uh, this doesn't really surprise me. Lifelong Vikings fan, they seem to they seem to give us hope, and they just they just crush our souls season after season. Uh, I do agree that Spielman and head coach Mike Zimmer should not be fired this season, but they're. They, they're on the hot seat. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much. Uh, but, yeah, I think Kirk Cousins should be traded or get rid of somehow. I don't know how, but just get rid of that man. Sorry. All right, Moose. Thanks for the call. I mean, unless you unless you want to – unless the Wills want to eat $56 million for the next three years, I mean, you're not getting rid of Kirk Cousins. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be your quarterback next year. They just have to start building this – building this offensive line around him so that he can have the most success possible. I mean, this is Kirk Cousins is going to be the guy like it or not, because that contract is fully guaranteed. David in Minneapolis, what is up? Not much. Uh, good evening. Um, so when you're talking earlier about Spillman and the, his draft choices, um, you, you mentioned about Harrison Smith for like every Harrison Smith, there's a Matt Khalil, but it, for me, it seems like the free agents are the big thing. Like Alex who was signing four years, cutting them after one year. Yeah. Um, and I think that with Zer and Spielman, I think we may think that they might be in the hot seat this year, or like you said, next year. But I also think they might have a longer leash than what we think because you look at like Frazier and um, Childress, their big thing with the Wilts was they made the Vikings terrible and they were trying to get a new stadium built. People weren't behind the Vikings. It wasn't until they brought in Zimmer and Spielman and then started turning around make the team relevant, the taxpayers bought into it, built them a new stadium, and that's a huge thing. I mean, they got a brand new, <coughs> excuse me, they got a brand new stadium. I think they got a longer leash to what we think. All right, David, thanks for the call. I mean, that, 
That's a fair point. And I, you know, glad you brought up Alex Boone. I completely forgot about Alex Boone and that, that whole train wreck of an experiment that, uh, that didn't go very well. Uh, James in Minneapolis, you're on Vikings vent line. What's up? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, James. What's going on? Oh, yeah, I just had one question, man. I mean, you guys in the media, um, I-, I just want to ask you a question. Like, why does Mike Zimmer always get a pass? Like, if you look around the league, like, the media outlets and these shows, they call out the different head coaches like Mike McCarthy, Mike Tom. I-, I mean, I can go on, but when it comes to the Vikings, like, they blame everybody but Mike Zimmer. Like, I mean, can you give me an answer? Well, we've called out Mike Zimmer on this station. But I- I'm just saying, like, when you look at, like, you know, when, you know, I- there's plenty of shows I watch during the day, you know. Like, they never called out Mike Zimmer. Like, they'll they probably the blame on Kirk Cousins last year with Case Keenum. And it's like, Mike Zimmer, like, they, they don't even mention his name. It's like, they just look at him as a, as a defensive coordinator. But the last time I checked, he's a head, he's a head coach. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I started this show by saying, I mean, if people are upset with Mike Zimmer, I mean, they should be. Thanks for the call, James. Appreciate it. But, yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> I think it's very fair to criticize Mike Zimmer for this. I mean, you and again, he's been the head coach for five years and he's only made the playoffs twice. In so. fairness, until this year, though, you got to remember when he first came here, they were they were building it up, right? Right. This is probably the first year where there's plenty of real criticism to go around. Mm-hmm. I, you can't throw out the NFC Championship game, but last year you were game away from playing in the Super Bowl. Sure. How much real criticism is there going to be? other than what happened in the game. Yeah, this year, maybe that's a fair question. And, Manny, for all we know, I think that's about to get turned up over the next 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, it definitely is. And, again, I'll, I'll say it again. If Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are, are back next year, which I tend to think that they will be, their seats are going to be hot. I mean, there's, there's going to be pressure on these two guys going into next year if they're both back, which I think they will be. So, I, And I think the pressure on them will be – Will be fair and justified. Spencer in Vegas. What's up, Spencer? What up, guys? What's going on? So, uh, I was born in 1992, the year before the Twins won the World Series. And since The year then, after. The year after, excuse me, yes. Yeah, no and, worries. Uh, since then, the most successful sports team in the uh, Twin Cities has been the Lynx, and right now the uh, Gopher Women. So, it's very hard being a sports fan right now in Minnesota with the heartbreaks over the years, but hopefully this gets turned around and just, I say you give Zimmer and Spielman one more year. If not, like you said, they're on the hot seat. So it's just, it's very tough right now. All right, Spencer, thanks for the call. Yeah. I I mean, I, Ross, I've said it already. I mean, I, I totally understand Vikings fans being really upset right now and they should be. I mean, this is, you went into this year fresh off of making the NFC Championship game, and then you turn around and miss the playoffs the next year. And we know that a lot of things happened with this team over the course of the year. The offensive line coach tragically passes away. You have you have some injuries on the defensive side that you didn't have to face last year. You got a quarter, you got a new quarterback that's trying to learn a new system and a new coordinator and all that stuff. And then you fire the coordinator two thirds of the way into the season. I get it. They've been through a lot, but at the end of the day, this was a team that was supposed to make the playoffs this year, and they didn't do it. And so I think people are well in their rights to be to be upset about this right now. Well, you should be frustrated and upset because without saying it, the team pretty much said it. They yeah. went out. They 
in their opinion, and in my opinion, too, they upgraded at quarterback. How big of an upgrade? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say it's, it's debatable. It's debatable, but it, it they made the right move. In their opinion, they went out and got the best quarterback. They upped the ante by doing that. They thought that's one of the big things they were missing. They did that, and they're following up a 13-3 year in which you won the division and just missed out on going to the Super Bowl. It's understandable. You know they're going to be upset, and we're hearing it right now, and it's been in the form even on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, and Periscope, as we are streaming on all those mediums, it's been the same theme, right, Manny? Zimmer, Spielman, Cousins, Cousins, and the offensive line. line. Guess what? Those have been the themes literally since mid-September, right? Yeah. And it's really tough to address those things in the regular season. Now they'll have a chance to address, if they want to, one or all four of those things in the offseason, and time tell how it all plays out, and we'll do it again next year. Mike in Cedar Falls, you're on Vikings Vet Line. What's up? Yeah, hi. Can you hear me? We got you loud and clear, man. Hey, hey excellent. Uh, I was going to ask you guys' opinion um, in regards to the offensive line last year. You had Kurt Cousins, um, and I think with Cousins this year, he's not a very good scrambler. Um, so he's having a hard time. I mean, number one, like this year, he's having a hard time getting out of the pocket. Um, but with our quarterback last year, he's he, he scrambled very well and allowed him much more time to be able to throw the ball down the field. Um, where Cousins is not a scrambler, and I think he's just having a difficult time throwing the ball. Um, your opinion? All right, Mike, thanks for the call. Uh, Vikings Vent Line is on 1500 ESPN, which is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. That has been kind of a thing that we talked about all year, Ross, about utilizing with Kirk Cousins especially, who during his time in Washington was actually one of the best play-action quarterbacks in the NFL. And that was one of the big issues with John Filippo is that they weren't utilizing the play-action enough, utilizing bootlegs. Like, these are the things that Kirk Cousins supposedly was, or that's supposedly where he was at his best, was play fakes, bootlegs, throwing on the run, things like that. We didn't really see a whole lot of that today. We saw a lot of that in Green Bay, in the the second Green Bay game here on Sunday Night Football. Filippo was still the offensive coordinator there, and we thought, okay, Vikings have figured out their formula with Kirk Cousins and to maximize his, his ability. And then, like, the weeks following that, they just went back to the same old stuff. And with Stefanski, it feels, it feels like Miami, they were able to do some of those things and execute the offense well, albeit against a, a pitiful defense. And now the last couple of weeks, it seems like they've kind of gone back to the same old just drop, just Kirk, just drop back and throw the ball down the field. Well, you just got no chance against against a, a defense like the Bears to have any success that way. What's going to help a play-action passer? Having a run game. Mm-hmm. That wasn't going to happen today, right? It just wasn't going to happen. They, there were a few plays here and there. That's part of the issue. I will point out this morning, to your point and to the caller's point, they have to find a way to play action pass more. Listening to Matthew Collar and Sage Rosenfels on the Purple Pat, Purple Podcast, do you know Cousins averaging almost 11 yards per play action pass? That's a first down every time he passes yes. it, right? That's an insane so, number. Yep, it's per it's per completion, but you got to do that, right? You just have to do it more. But the only way to do that more and to do it more effectively is you got to be able to run the football. That's part of the problem. Andy in Wisconsin, you are on Vikings Vent Line. What's up? Got a question about the offensive line. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about it, but the uh, guard play has been 
not great all year. Tom Compton has been a particular weakness and was not fully healthy here. Um, there were a couple games where Isidora got in and Brett Jones had some success early in the year at center and has played some guard. Any ideas why they maybe haven't tried those guys um, down the stretch here to see if they could provide any sort of improvement? I'll uh, hang up and listen. All right, Andy, thanks for the call. I think, I mean, Brett Jones, I just don't think he's very good. I think that's part of the reason why they just didn't use him at all. And I think it's the same thing with Danny Isadora. I mean, Mike, here's the thing. I've, I've been saying this for weeks. Mike Remmers, even though he wasn't very good at right guard for you this year, he was your best option at right guard because Danny Isadora just isn't very good. And Brett Jones just isn't very good. And I think Brett Jones, a conditional seventh-round pick, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason why he was available for a seventh-round pick. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, Spa- that's... Space filler at best, and Tom Compton might be the world's greatest guy, Manny. He should have been a depth guy, yeah. right? He should have been a guy who came in once or twice when somebody got in need and had to leave the game, right? Mm-hmm. He should not have been starting for the majority of the season and things that are just going to have to be fixed theme of basically this vent line offensive line has to be addressed it has to be fixed and a couple different ways to try and do it vikings vent line we're streaming live on facebook twitter periscope all of uh one am i missing one ross youtube youtube yes. don't forget i can't forget about youtube all right stoneman in ohio i cut you off earlier because i was trying to tell you to turn your radio down and i was trying to put you on hold and i end up dropping you by mistake I'll give you about 30 seconds. Finish your thought and go ahead here. I'm sorry, Manny. You cut me off. Hey, by the way, how bad did the Bears screw up by losing to the Vikings? Now they get the Eagles next week. I think the Eagles have a chance to beat them. And on a different note, moving on, I mean, we're not going to get rid of Zimmer or Spielman. We've got to move on with the O-line. Clearly, we've got to improve on the O-line. All right, Stoneman, thanks for the call. Um, I We talked about it before. I don't think the Bears give a damn who they're playing next week. I don't think it matters. I think you 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 go into Soldier Field with that defense and 52 and Akeem Hicks on that defense, I mean, I don't think they give a damn who they're playing next week. You're, you're Philadelphia rolling in. You know, the Eagles got a shot, but I think if you're the Bears – you, you played as well as you played today. I don't think you give a damn who you're playing next week. The Bears got to win three games to get to the Super Bowl, Manny. They're all going to be good teams if they're going to yeah. do that. Yeah. And and also hearing the Eagles believe that Nick Foles has bruised ribs, they do believe he will play next week. So we won't see the they Nate, think he'll play. We won't see the Nate but Sudfeld experience next week that in could Soldier be, Field. <laughs> that could be some gamesmanship. Nick Foles could be sitting in the locker room right now holding on to his broken ribs. Right. right so right. so who knows? Time will tell on that. But yeah, I'm a big believer. You don't pick your opponent. You play who you play. Alright, uh, we'll uh, go down the home stretch here. Four more calls to take. Al in Sioux Falls. What's up, Al? Hey, man, um, this is uh, what happens when your general manager decides to take a shiny new toy and a cornerback instead of addressing the problem. And in this day and age in the NFL, if you can't block and run the ball, you're not going to make the playoffs that plain and simple. I mean, every team in the playoffs this year has a good O-line. So that's just that's the basic. I'm sure you guys have gotten calls all day about it, but that's literally the basics of having a good team is being able to block and run the ball. Thanks. All right, Al, thanks for the call. Uh, let's move on here to Jeff in Texas. What's up, Jeff? 
Hey guys, so the uh, the, uh, the the Kirk Cousins thing. There's a couple of things that bother me. I mean, it seems like his because I you see on the NFL Network, it's someone's like, oh, this is what Drew Brees does before a game, so I'm going to do it before a game. But then after the game, he wants to call out all the things you guys say of oh, the route wasn't run right, blah 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 blah. But I don't think I don't I don't think he's it. I don't I don't think he's it, and I think they got to move on. Maybe Washington takes him back in a trade. They don't have a quarterback. We should have kept Teddy. We should have just signed Teddy as a backup for the million bucks. I had a lot more, but I don't remember what it was now. That's all right, Jeff. Thanks for the call. Uh, Teddy did play for the. Uh, he did start for the New Orleans Saints today. It didn't go particularly well. I don't think the Saints were really trying to win the game anyway because. They got everything locked up, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, I, I think the criticism of Cousins is is fair right now, and I think it's fair to, I think it's fair to second guess signing him. But at the end of the day, I think it was just he was the best option out there, and it's just it's the unfortunate thing right now is we're we're getting the full Kirk Cousins experience that they got in Washington for for a handful of years. Wrapping them up here, Colton in Nashville. We got two callers to go. Colton, you're the first of of our final two calls. What's up, Colton? Um, I just want to know why um, the Vikings have such a bad offensive line and why the Vikings did not have a better process of thought. All right, Colton. I think it's a good question. Why do the Vikings have a bad offensive line? Well, because the general manager just didn't address it much in the offseason, and that's that's kind of where where we're at right now. I think the bigger issue, Manny, that we haven't touched on is what did he see last year where he thought, I think we're fine. I think we're going to be okay next year. You know, but you know what? We're, we're we're good on the offensive line, but Ross, you know what? We got to go get a new kicker and punter. You know, that's what we got to. That's what we really got to do. You know? Hey, in his defense, after penalties and whoever the kick returner for Chicago was, I'm blanking after we ran backwards. <laughs> Wild gave the Vikings like 80 yards of field position earlier today. Yeah, he actually did punt the ball pretty well today, but. You know, That's how bad the day was. We're break, we're breaking down the play of the punter. I still miss Ryan Quigley, though. <laughs> All right, Darian in Virginia, you're our last call on Vikings vent line. What is up? Hey, man. Um, unfortunately, like I said, the whole Kirk Cousins experience. I think I was done with Kirk Cousins after the whole Seahawks debacle. But we had so much time to actually come and just take over the game. He had so many chances, and he just never capitalized. I mean, we can blame the offensive line all we want to. But Kirk Cousins has had plenty of chances to make some things happen, and he just doesn't do it. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I don't know what it is mentally. But he just doesn't do it. Then, I mean, I think on our defense, I think Xavier Rhodes having a down year doesn't help. And then you have to think about with Anthony Barr. I think we end up kind of keeping Sheldon Richardson, but. As far as Anthony Barr, I think I'm ready for him to go too. He's just not the same guy. So I mean, that's just my my opinion and what I'm saying. So I don't know what you guys think about that. All right, Darian, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll just Ross, I'll just go back in closing here. I'll just go back to this off season. If Rick Spielman's going to be back, which I think everybody in this studio thinks that he probably will be. Mike Zimmer will be back. I've been saying it for for months now. It seems like it. I, I was going to say weeks, but I've really been saying this for months. Next season, you just number priority number one offensive line. I mean, for the love of God, just I mean, 
go get a guard. Go get two guards. Go get three guards. <laughs> I mean, the, it, it's obvious. You, for all the criticism that we can throw at Kirk Cousins, and there's plenty, and it's and I think it's all justified criticism, you can't get rid of him. You're stuck with this contract, so the only thing you can do now is to try th- try and make things as good for him so that he can have the most success as possible, and it starts with addressing the offensive line. Well, and I think, unfortunately, Manny, this happens to teams that have disappointing seasons, teams that miss the playoffs, teams that are even worse than the Vikings. Yeah, They head into this offseason, there's more questions than answers, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do to help out the quarterback? Can we fix the offensive line? Where do we go on defense? Who's coming back? Who isn't? Yeah. How do how do we? I keep saying we. I don't play for the team, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. How do they make the cap number work? How are they going to do that? There's a lot of questions, and in all honesty, those questions begin to start getting answered tomorrow. Yeah, well, I think we, as you've mentioned, you you assume, and so do I, that the general manager and the coach are coming back. But the only way to find out is probably by about you know this time tomorrow, even probably earlier. I'd say noon, one o'clock. We'll have a pretty good idea of. Of where all that stands. So, disappointing year, but pick up the pieces, move on, and I hate to say it, but there's always next year. <laughs> uh, very quickly before we get out of here, Jonathan, do we have any news? Have any other coaches been fired yet? Not that I've seen other than the Black Tito Monday Eve. So, none yet. Just, uh, just Cutter and um, Todd Bowles. Bowles are gone. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, that'll wrap up the season for Vikings Ventline. <laughs> Nonetheless, the Vikings season is over. Uh, as they lose to the Chicago Bears. Uh, for Jonathan Harrison and Ross Brendel, who are producing behind the scenes and contributing on air, I'm Manny Hill. Thanks so much for listening to Vikings Vent Line all season long. Thanks to Lucky's 13 Pubs for sponsoring. And, uh, well, there's always next year, as Ross Brendel said. Listen to 1500 ESPN tomorrow. Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin will be in for Mackie and Judd tomorrow, and uh, they'll be, I'm sure they'll have lots to say about uh, the Viking season ending at the hands of the Chicago Bears today. Talk to you next time, folks. Cousins in trouble and just able to avoid the safety. And flag comes in. Cousins gets hit. Down he goes in the arms of Hicks. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.